Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Desgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And every time it's recording time, I'm just in a great mood, especially when I get awesome guests. And today's guest, wow, I got to tell you that the more research I do about her, the more like, no pun intended, you'll see what I'm saying, I get pumped up for this. So this is going to be a person who has a wonderful story and is just taking things in her life and turning them into these positive things. And remember, that's what the Dr. Raj podcast is about. It's about wellness. It's about health. It's about making other people feel better. So I really feel this person is kind of like the poster child of happiness and what my podcast represents. So today's guest is going to be Mia Finnegan. And you know the rules. I have to read her bio, and then we'll get to meet me in a second. So Mia is an internationally respected wellness and leadership expert and speaker. She is a wife, a mom of three. She's a transformation coach, teacher, and mentor. She and her husband, Rich, own and operate Finnegan Wellness LLC, a multifaceted company that specializes in health and wellness, accountability coaching, and transforming people worldwide spiritually, mentally, and physically. She has been a contributor and writer and featured in Shape, Fit, V-I-E, Oxygen, Fitness Treatment, Muscle and Fitness, Hers, Flex, Ironman, Muscle Magazine, International, Muscular Development, Body Magazine, and numerous other international fitness magazines. She's amazing. Her Most recently, she is Charlene Johnson's personal trainer and was the trainer to Tamara Judge on The Real Housewives of Orange County. I think my wife watches that. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> as well as appearing on Watch and Happens when with Andy Cohen. She has been the host fitness expert on numerous Dance Canal and Gold's Gym DVDs. The Health Network Show, Fitting In, ABC6 Finnegan Fitness Minutes, 
and expert commentary on ESPN 65. And she has multiple titles. So I'm just going to read a couple of titles here. She was Miss Olympia Fitness in 1995. That's the fitness world champion, Miss Galaxy Fitness. She was the ESPN Fitness American National Champion in 93 and 94. Miss Fitness California, Miss Fitness Western USA, Miss Natural Universe. That was in 92. And with all those being said, finally, Mia, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is just, honestly, it's an honor for me. So how do you have enough room on your walls in your house for all these awards and magazine covers? Where do you put them all? Uh, they're in boxes. So when you're having your dinner with your husband, they're not like staring at him on the walls or anything like that? Oh, no, not anymore. We took those down a long time ago. You know, those things were a vehicle, you know, for me mm-hmm. to uh, educate the masses. So. That's that was the blessing in the magazine. I love that there's a gym behind you. Very fitting that there's a gym behind you. I like it. You know, this is my little studio. This is where I teach uh, four days a week. And uh, people say, "Oh, I don't have enough room." Well, this is a six by eight spot behind me. Uh So when people say they don't have enough room, I'm like, I train people in a six by eight spot online Zoom. So there's no excuse. Now, did you pump up a little bit before seeing me? Did you do a couple of lifts or anything just to get into the zone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have permaflex, right? Ah, wow, you oh, she's showing her guns, everyone. They're, they're like five times the size of my guns. So, okay. so with all this being said, I got to start from the beginning. So were you kind of like the like all American every sport in high school type person growing up or were you on every sports team? What was your passions like in high school growing up? No, no, I definitely, I, I kind of grabbed onto gymnastics when I was four years old and, uh, and then started competing when I was eight. And I tried in high school, I tried to actually do track and field and, you know, I practiced every day and I show up to gymnastics practice and my coach is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, You're exhausted. I'm like, because I really wanted to do sprints because I was really fast and but he said, he's like one or the other. And so obviously I, I chose gymnastics and that's kind of where I went through college with it. And I loved it. I cried like a baby when it ended um, in April of 1988. I was like, what are we going to do? Who am I now? <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, why gymnastics? I got to, me and you were very close in age. When, were you watching like Mary Lou Retton do flips on the, on the bar? And you're like, I want to be like her. Like, why gymnastics, you know? Well, Mary Lou was like 84 and that's when I graduated from high school. So my, my like, say uh, role models were Nadia Comaneci and Olga Corbett. Right? Okay. I'm a 1966 baby, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think I was built for it. I don't have any hips. I have wide shoulders, really strong quads and stuff. So I think my body, like if I was probably in some of the European countries, they probably would have put me in gymnastics based on the structure, yeah. right? So I just loved it. I don't know. There was something and I have severe ADHD. So uh, <laughs> I think all the spinning and twisting yeah. was really at bay um, when I was a kid. And then when I was an adult, when my son got diagnosed with ADHD, the doctor was like, when are you going to go on meds? I was like, what? Nah. Said, you. He's like, you're <laughs> off the charts. I'm like, really? But again, that's why I think gymnastics was such a good sport for me. I loved it. I was flexible. I was strong. Were you the rings? Were you the uneven bars? What was your thing? Uh, so, so women's is vault bars, beam and floor. So the uneven bars. So my favorite was actually balance beam because in eighth grade, oh. my coach told me, I was like, you know, I don't like beam. And he's like, you don't like it because you're not good at it. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. So I ended up sixth in the nation uh, on the beam division two because I loved it. And it was a four inch beam, four feet above the floor. So it was you had to be so focused and so determined and um, and you had to block out everything else. And that's really what I'm good at. I would never have been a good basketball player. Not that I'm well, I'm only five, four that regardless of my height, but like, I don't see like a lot of stuff around me. I'm very narrow focused. So beam was a perfect event for me, but I did all four events. I was an all around gymnast. This is a great setup to my next question because we're going to go to college, right? And Mm -hmm. you have all this skill, you're flipping around on the beam. Why psychology? It's on your webpage. Did you do psychology because it gave you a mental edge on your competition? <laughs> Why did you do it? Well, that's, it's interesting because when I was, uh, my first two years of college, I went in as a health fitness page, which people would call exercise physiology now. Mm. And so I went through two years and then my boyfriend at the time, it's my husband now, he sent me, now I'm going to date myself, for my Walkman, little cassette tape. <laughs> And 10 cassette tapes called The Psychology of Winning by Dr. Dennis Waitley. And it was basically 10 qualities of a total winner. And it wasn't about sport. It had nothing really to do with sport. It had to do with that winning mental attitude. And that was one thing. Gymnastics is very like 90% mental. So if you say you can't do it, you're going to fall on the beam or you're going to split the beam or you're going to do something, you're going to fall on your butt. But if you can see yourself doing it and you can be positive about it. So that's the, the psychology of winning was like positive self-esteem, positive self-image, positive self-direction, positive self-motivation. So that, that positive winning mental attitude, I broke preschool records that year, my sophomore year in college. Wow. And then the next year, I changed my major from health and fitness because I already had a minor in it because I had major classes already. And then I went into psychology and finished up my psychology major. And then I was thinking of going on to sports psychology because it helped me so much. I wanted to be like somebody's head coach, you know, like (laughs) that pun, right? Yeah, I like that. But their head coach, because that my professor, when I told him what my boyfriend at the time was doing, my husband Rich now was he was a personal trainer. And my business advisor said, if your husband's doing this thing that's your, or your boyfriend's doing this thing that you're, he's working with people, you need them from the neck up. I sat there and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he said, you need, if you can't change their, their thinking, you can't change their behaviors. You can't change their outcomes. I was like, oh, I need them from the neck up. The neck down will change, right? Yeah. You can change their thinking. So it all came from like doing that psychology of winning and then I was so into it. I loved it. And then obviously that's what I've been doing with my clients since then. Man, you know? Now, you didn't even mention one of the most important things. What was the college again? Where'd you go? Let's give a shout out oh, to your alumni. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Springfield College in Massachusetts. Awesome mm. college. And, and one of the things, the logo for our college is a, like a little upside down triangle, all sides mm-hmm. being equal. So spirit on the top, mind, body on each side. So all Aww. sides being equal. And it's actually the original YMCA college. So if you look at the YMCA logo, it's the same thing. And it's that humanics philosophy of helping others, serving others, and helping them balance their life, spirit, mind, body. Because if, if one side is out of balance, you're completely out of balance. No, well said. Now, I'm going to see how we're going to transition to this. So you get them, you get your major in being in the mind. And I love how you're bringing it all together. But you did appear from that moment on, on many, many impressive covers. And I, I did go to your website, which is actually really well done, by the way. So I got to know, when you first saw yourself on your first magazine cover, was there like, oh, 
oh, oh my God, you know what oh I mean? Oh my God, I brought hundreds and hundreds of them to give to everybody. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how long does it take to prepare you? Because I want to know that part of it. So when you get your schedule, hey, you're going to be shooting for whatever, fitness or superwoman, you know, do you have to prepare like a month to do it? Or are you like right until they, you know, take the picture in the background doing push-ups? What is it like? Well, you know, that's interesting. Um, one of the things, especially with magazines, the girls who had kind of what I would call an off season, I never had an off season. There's no such thing as an off season. So <laughs> I always stayed fit and healthy and I was blessed with the physique I was given you know, by God, I was naturally lean, naturally muscular. So I wasn't these girls who like maybe had 20, 30 pounds to lose. Okay. I never had that. I always stayed within a five pound range. So if they said, you know, you got a photo shoot next week, I was ready. All I had to do was put a coat of paint on and uh, get some makeup on and obviously the makeup artist and all that. <laughs> so I was actually blessed because there's some girls who were like, just give me two weeks and say Robert Reef from Muscle and Fitness would yeah. say, I don't have two weeks. Like, so I'm like, I'm in. So I was always, you know, ready for anything that came my way, whether it was uh, inside the magazine shoot, like whether it was a workout shoot or a cover shoot. Um, I was always ready for it. You know, let me just kind of like give you a personal experience. That's what we have in common, Mia. Like, you know, when I do a medical interview, you just can't tell the person asking, hey, why don't you get back to me in a couple of days? Let me do some reading. If you want to be on these covers or be quoted, whatever it is, you got to be ready to go. And that's a good tip for everyone. If you want to be in that biz, you got to do it. Be prepared. You know? <laughs> right. Be prepared and, and like jump on that opportunity, you know? Totally. So. Totally. Now, I, I wanted to ask this too. So of all the thousands of covers and stuff, everyone's got to have a favorite. Which one is the most special to you in, in, a, in a certain way, you know? Probably Oxygen. My It's a, a cover, a single cover of myself. It's Oxygen Magazine. Oxygen started way back when, you know, I was competing. And Bob Kennedy was the owner of this magazine. He also owned Muscle Mag International. And he took a liking to me very early on. He loved my attitude. He loved, you know, my positive, obviously, attitude and being a, a real role model. I did, it wasn't like I just talked it. I walked it. And um, so he gave me that opportunity to be on this cover and also write for the magazine for years. So I wrote, you know, I had a Q&A section for years. And uh, so it's really special because he's passed away now. And he, he gave me that opportunity to impact so many people's lives. And that's where like, you know, before social media, right, it was the magazines. That's how people got information. And, you know, that's where you know, you've got your, if you want to call it fame, I think fame is like, Chinese food. It's like, <laughs> you're always wanting more, right? It was a great way for me to um, educate the masses. And that's all what I, that's the only thing I ever wanted to do. I just wanted to educate the masses on living a fit, healthy, active lifestyle and be fit for life, not just be fit because you want to go on vacation or just, you know, I just always wanted to impact women because I don't, you know, I always said I cannot add years to your life but I can have life to the years, right? Because Look at all- you just throwing a quote right there. You know, that's a magazine <laughs> quote right there. I wanted to ask you this because obviously we got to know each other a little bit on a previous phone call. So we talked a little bit about one of my favorite actors and you mentioned that you knew him. So I do kind of think of you a little bit as the woman version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So That's an honor. <laughs> have, you, have you met the Terminator? Uh, what was your experience? And be honest, at some point, did he say, I'll be back? 
<laughs> well, yes, and the, yeah, it was it was awesome to be able to meet him. Uh, my husband Rich worked for him for a couple of years. Uh, he ran his gym. Arnold had taken over World Gym in Venice and taken over the World Gym franchise for Joe Gold. How crazy is that? Joe Gold started mm-hmm. Gold's Gym, right? Sold it, started World Gym. So my husband worked for Arnold, and um, the cool part about it was a lot of people know Arnold as the actor or the governor, right, of California. (laughs) But he's a brilliant man. Like, he is so sharp. He's got great ideas. And it was a blessing to be able to just be in his presence. Um, I used to train his right-hand lady, Rhonda, for years. And um, just to see the insides of that family, and I got to meet Maria, and she was pregnant at that point with her last child. He's just got a magnetism to him. He's just got that it factor. And one of the greatest times, and I actually sent it to you yesterday via text, The guy that brought Arnold to the U.S., Jim Lorimer, does this thing called the Arnold Classic every year in Ohio. And it's the biggest like fitness expo classic. And it's called the Arnold Classic. And it's a bodybuilding show for men and women. And then my husband brought the idea of bringing fitness competitions to that. So the first year of that, we brought the Miss Fitness World there. And um, Arnold and myself did the commentary together. And it was so cool. I mean, just. I really, I'm like, are you serious? And the guy even said, he's like, somebody who's won just as many competitions in this genre. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, not really. But yeah, it was amazing. It's like, he's he's just a force. And, um, you know, I wish people would understand who he is truly because he's a, he's a brilliant man. Ah, well said. That makes me actually like him more than what I do like him for, which is Predator and Terminator and all that. I love all those too. (laughs) So, you know, with that being said, this is kind of a nice transition. You know, I want to talk about fitness and bodybuilding. I know they're two different things, but I want to talk about it in the 80s and 90s. And in preparation for our our talk, I did kind of watch a movie called Pumping Iron, (laughs) which is with uh, Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I don't know how true it is or is not but my question is to you being in your what you did and being around that that time period so how was it like in you preparing for these matches and competitions that you told me about were people really cutthroat i want to make this kind of a spicy interview was there kind of like that drug thing going on in the background was there something in the background like the movie kind of mentioned or implied (laughs) yeah yeah for sure for sure you know i always say i take a lot of natural supplements they were taking super supplements right injectable super supplements it was at that era when I came in that the women's bodybuilding had gotten out of control and the men's bodybuilding was already way out of control, but <laughs> and it still is. But there were some beautiful women physiques like uh, Gladys Portuguese and um, Corey Everson. And they were people who were just like, they were just so beautiful. Their physiques were very athletic. But since it was kind of getting out of control, they brought in a new competition called the Miss Fitness Olympia and or Miss Olympia Fitness. And so instead of just going up there and kind of flexing your muscles and being judged on your physique, you were judged on your physique, but you were also judged on a fitness routine, how strong and athletic and the, you know, flexibility, uh, stamina that you had. And so I was like, I'm in gymnast. Like I can can just jump up there now and do a routine. Uh, And it was, I was able to continue gymnastics, but as far as the girls, like my first year when I had won, I was so blessed to win that first Olympia. Then the next year, the girls were getting harder and leaner again, harder and leaner. And it started going towards wow. that same bodybuilding like mentality. Same judges were judging, and that's part of the problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the girls want that edge. And the one thing for me, Raj, is 
I'm a lifetime natural athlete. I will never, you know, inject myself with anything that's going to mess up my system. I want, and I wanted to have children. And there are many of my girlfriends that couldn't have children because they literally changed their entire biology. I mean, down to the reproductive tract, like they couldn't have children and they regret it to this day. And I was blessed to have three children. And so, but yeah, there was a lot of that. And I always said, I would just kind of set my own standard for myself because I just knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. And I yeah. knew that I just wanted to be a role model. And that, that type of body is very unattainable. And they're only, they only look like that for like a day or two. Right? <laughs> and, then and they go eat crazy and they go like up 40 pounds. And it's so silly. <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the kids and having kids because this is a nice segue to my next question, which is going to be the sure. fast forward button. I'm going to hit it right now. <laughs> and now I'm changing you into a 43 year old ish and you have your three kids. And so at this point, there was a little hiatus, I would say, from going into years. all your competitions <laughs> because you had the kids and you were going to be super marm. But um, you went back at 43 to do some more of this fitness and bodybuilding how much harder was it to become super mia again at this time and can you tell me about your tag name mama mia <laughs> uh well it definitely was a lot harder because i was 43 you know i and i was running after three children they were all under the age of 10 uh they were 10 7 and 4 at the time and so you know that's a busy time for a mom and but I had trained so many women who just kept complaining about, oh, I've had children now and this is what I'm going to look like. And I've had this and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always going to have this, you know, pudge here. Every time I heard it, I'm like, no, I had three C-sections. You don't have to have that bulge there. You don't. That's always my Northeast attitude. I'm always like very direct, but I'm kind at the same time. I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to go back to the Olympia as Mama Mia. I want to show women that you can have children, you can go through stuff and you can still be fit and healthy. You don't have to be ripped and lean and hard and gross, but <laughs> you can be fit and healthy so you can take care of your kids. So you're not that parent who sits on the couch, you know, and, yeah. and parents from the couch or parents from the park bench and lets their kids play and not, you know, be active with them. Anyway, with that, I just said, I'm just going to be Mama Mia. And because the girl, remember, I was 43. So these girls are 18 to maybe 30 oh, at the most. Yeah, so yeah. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go back and just be me. But it, it was hard because I used to train six hours a day. You don't have six hours to train. And back in my day of big competition, you know, I was training six hours a day. I was doing routine training. I was doing gymnastics training. I was doing cardio two hours a day, hour in the morning, hour at night, and then training for two hours in the middle of the day. You know, so you have all that time. You don't have that time when you're a mom. And I didn't want to be that selfish either. So I basically trained with one of my clients and uh, I just did the best I could. But uh, I really think I was trying to inspire some women to not give up on themselves because it doesn't matter what age you are. You can always gain muscle. You can always lose fat. That's easy to lose. That's why I tell everyone. I'm like, that is easy to lose. It's maintaining the fat loss. That's hard. Gaining muscle for women is very difficult because we don't have the testosterone that you guys have and it's a very different body chemistry that we have. And so I just, uh, that's why I did it. I just did it to inspire women to stay fit and healthy. Well, another reason why we're, we're buds is because, you know, let me use the medical analogy, you know, like I do a lot of board review, teaching people to pass their board exams and you get a lot of sad faces and a lot of, oh, it's so hard to study. And basically my touche like yours is, 
yo, homies, I got three kids and I stayed board certified by studying for these. And you know what's harder doing it the first time, like when you got all your gold medals and everything, when you got three kids, you know what I mean? And I think you're <laughs> such a role model for doing that. And no one understands how hard it is to be, unless you are a parent, a great mom, a great dad, and to still be able to focus on yourself a little bit and to win a, a competition. So were you like a grading homework while you're doing lifts? And were you running? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so essentially all of that. So, of course, you know, I was training clients and then, you know, coming home and my favorite job was being a mom. So, you know, come home and, and be with them and feed them and read them stories and give them their baths. And even though they were 10, 7 and 4 at the time when I went back to that competition, they saw how hard I was working and what I put into it. And when people say, you know, this is so hard, it's so hard to lose weight. It's so hard. Like you hear it all the time. Yeah. I'm like, choose your hard. It's hard to go through bankruptcy. We went through bankruptcy at one point in our life. What's hard? Really? I got another day. Like yeah. I got another day at life and I'm breathing in and out. That's a blessing in itself. Right. So just be grateful. And that's where my whole attitude comes from. It's like, I just have to be grateful for everything. Got another day, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking to you. I mean, what a blessing that is! Like, yeah. so I just think, I take everything that comes my way, and yeah. I'm blessed. I really am truly blessed. As much as I've been through a lot of hardship, I'm just I just try to stay in complete gratitude because that keeps my positive attitude. We we must have a mental connection because this is a great way to go into my next question, which is a change of emotional pace. And now we're going to go to the year uh, 2018, and there was a very horrible tragedy that occurred, you know, and I really want you just to say it in your own words, can you talk about what happened in 2018? And just to remind you, can you also mention a little bit about the importance of in general, being an organ donor after you tell the story too? Even though we're not visually showing this, I'm just going to put that picture up for you. Oh. That's my beautiful son. This was his mask card. You know, it says a memory of Noah Richardson again. Um, so speaking of that, my, my beautiful boy, he was 19. I miss him every day still. It'll be, it'll be four years this coming November 1st. He was extraordinary, but uh, it was a Halloween party gone wrong. And uh, there was a guy at the party that nobody knew. And my son, Noah, is a protector. And um, he stayed to protect his friends. And this gentleman who ended up killing him, he stabbed him in the head. He left the party. He went back, changed his shirt, grabbed a kitchen knife and struck Noah from behind right in the temple. And and severed his carotid artery. So I know he was brain dead, probably on contact. Um, when they brought him into the hospital and I lifted up his eye, I, there was no life. You know, normally it would be like, you know, mom, you know, but there was nothing. And so with that, I knew he was a safe child of God. We're, we have a huge, we're strong Christians. We have a strong faith. And it doesn't matter what anybody believes in. I do believe there there is a creator of our universe, this God that, I don't care how you get there, whether you're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, you name it. I don't care how you get there, but there is a creator. And I know he is with our creator now. Um, I knew he was there immediately because somebody said, how could, how could God do this? And I'm like, mm, God didn't do this. God took him home. Evil did this because we live in a fallen world. So yeah, that was to this day, you know, obviously the worst day of my life. Um, but I'm trying to find meaning in it. and. Um, since he was, he only had like, I think 4% brain activity when the doctor had said, you know, if he could ever come through this, he will be laying in a bed. Like he won't be able to do anything. And if it was Noah there, he'd be like, 
cut it, mom, you know, get me out of here. Because uh, he was extraordinary. And I just, before I touch on the organ donating thing, because Noah had like a 140 IQ. He was off the charts smart. Like when he was a kid, like it's stuff that he knew. He had, he had a photographic memory. He had total recall, gifted in sport, like crazy freakish body, gifted musically. He mastered a 12 string guitar in about a year and a half. Uh, he was a lefty. He was given so many gifts. My other children as well. My daughter Maggie has a gift with um, special needs children. Uh, it was great that her brother was ADHD. So, and then my son Eli, he's got like the combination of the two. He's got a compassionate heart and he's amazing, gifted athletically, all that. Anyway, so they're kind of a combination. But with that said, when he was in the hospital, because when he got his license, he became an organ donor. He, you know, he said, Mom, what do you think I should do when he got his license? And I was like, hmm. You know, but that's your choice, man. You're, he was 17 when he got his license. And um, I said, but Auntie Susie, we lost my husband's sister uh, in 1998. She was an organ donor. She saved seven people in the U.S. My stepdad is a uh, organ recipient. He's a liver transplant recipient. So I just said that, that to him. And I said, you know, it's your choice. He's like, oh, like no brainer, mom. So when One Legacy came to us in the hospital because he was a donor, but you have to sign off, right, on uh, on it. I remember sitting in that room and as hard as it was, I know Noah would have been like, get whoever needs them, give them because that, that was him. And, you know, his lungs went to a gentleman who had like a horrible lung disease. His heart went to a gentleman. Uh, his liver was split in two. A little piece of it went to a baby that was eight months old. He, they even took his pancreas. He, the doctor said his organs were so pristine well, he was 19 and he was a stud athlete and he what, didn't do drugs, didn't really drink that much, but it is so important. Anybody who's listening, um, you know, be an organ donor. What are you going to do with them anyway? He actually, we donated everything. We couldn't donate his eyes because they were damaged because of the brain injury, but everything else his liver, kidneys. And I've been in touch with a lot of the recipients, but at the same time, like they took his skin, like Every, I was like, whatever, you, he's going to be cremated anyway. That's what he wanted. We knew this. We had had the conversation a few years earlier about my mom wanting to be cremated. And he's like, oh, that's what I want someday. So I was like, all right, well, we know. He's going to be cremated anyway. What are you going to do? Ruin all those organs? Again, it was just that that way of us even giving back. It, what a blessing to other families. There's a little piece of him and so many different people now. So it is a blessing. It's hard, but I'm so proud of him. Well, you mean... I'm so glad you told that story because it got me choked up. And I'll just add one little thing is that USC or, you know, I work and we're a transplant center. So I do see the helicopter land on the top and I see them running in with that organ. And, you know, I don't get to see the emotional part of the doning family. Like I'm talking to you now, you're my friend, but I do see the smiles on the other end. That's what I do see when they're out of, you know, their, their surgery in the ICU. So I think that's just amazing. Your son sounds amazing. He looked super handsome. I, I definitely think he would have been a, one of my buds, dude, if I was a little bit younger. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I want to take all that story and kind of, as we're getting closer to the end, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. I like your, I'm going to call it your new mission. And this is what really got me fired up for this interview <laughs> is that I asked you like, what are you about? So I could focus my questions. And you said, I'm about punching menopause in the face. I'm like, damn, that should be the title of the podcast. So how did this become your, your goal and passion right now? Well, well, again, like I said, when I was going back into that competition, all these women, you know, were 
you know, a lot of them were going through menopause or just going into it, maybe perimenopausal and stuff. And um, I didn't know anything about it then, right? So I was like, hey, you stop complaining. Well, then when I was 45 and I started to feel some changes and, you know, I was like, oh, God, I'm so nasty and bitchy and I just don't <laughs> like myself. I just don't like who I am. And so I started doing a lot of research into, you know, taking it head on. So basically punching it in the face. I wasn't going to be the woman who listened to everybody else and like, what, you're going to get this midsection bold. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, are you like speaking life into that? Is it? So I said, I'm not speaking life into this, getting a bulge or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay fit, stay trimmed, stay healthy, stay active. And that's what I did. So I researched all the stuff and I started on um, some natural like hormone replacement, not, uh, not anything like from the medical industry, just hormones that can help me like from estrogen and stuff like that, because I was having hot flashes. So then when I turned 50, I was in full blown menopause and whoa, talk about it. And I will say shit hit the fan, (laughs) everything changed. So remember, I don't never want to put anything into my body because I've never had any problems with my thyroid or anything. No hormones. My pancreas is amazing. You know, my insulin levels, everything, all my blood sugar levels. But I said, you know what? I've got to do something because I'm, I just don't feel like me anymore. I don't feel yeah. that strong. So I wanted to make sure um, I was doing the right thing. So I went to a hormone doctor that I knew for the last 35 years. Yeah. Uh, he was anti-aging. Like he was talking about anti-aging when people weren't talking about anti-aging. Wow. And so I went to him. Uh, his name is Dr. Lester Lee. He's yeah. absolutely amazing. And now he has a um, kind of a protege, Kristen Singler, who I absolutely love. That's who I see now. And she just did all my levels. And she was like, you have no testosterone or my testosterone was like nine or something. <laughs> They're supposed to be like 45. I had no estrogen, zero estrogen yeah. and no progesterone. All of everything that made me feel who, who I was. Yeah. So we started slowly um, um, compounding. Okay. They don't, but the pharmacy does. So started using some hormones um, to help bring those levels up. And now I feel amazing. I'm starting to actually use some peptides too, uh, just recently to maybe help my growth hormone because my growth hormone is super low too. And it's funny. I always thought like, because I was so lean and muscular naturally that I probably have high testosterone. He said, you probably did back like when you were younger. So like me, where I am now is like somebody having zero where I was. So I just said, I'm going to, and I'm going to talk about it. So I talk to women about getting into the doctor and don't just go for the pellet, you know, because once that's <laughs> in, you can't get it out. So yeah. slowly trying to figure out the levels and every six months they do my blood work. And right okay. now I'm like, just all good. I feel so great. You know, it's not just the hormone replacement. It's yep. eating well, it's staying active. I don't care if it's just walking. My husband and I motto has always been something is better than nothing. Like I always say, pick one thing. Maybe it's a 10 push-ups, maybe it's stretching, whatever. If, if you can't get to the gym or you can't do something else, by the end of the day, you need to do that one thing because something is better than nothing. And it's cumulative, as you know. And so people are like, well, that's not going to do for me. I'm like, it's going to build a habit. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to build habits on top of habits and, you know, anchor it to an old habit, maybe brushing your teeth. Once you, when you brush your teeth, you're like, oh, that's right. I got to do my set of push-ups because I didn't do anything today. Right. So <laughs> just teaching people how to, you know, engage with habits because habits take a while to populate. Yeah. Right. And those neural pathways, you got to wipe out the old <laughs> ones and get those new ones going. And, uh, but that's, again, that's, that's something, whether it's spirit, mind, body wise, a habit of like waking up in the morning 
I take an hour of prayer time in the morning. One 30 minutes is really doing my prayers, meditation, visualization, things like that. And then the other is my grief time is my grief therapy time. And, you know, I kind of get all my tears out and then um, I put it in a little box and then I can get on with the day and be able to serve others and help others. And that's what I just keep doing. I just keep trying to help others get through this time in their life. And not that they don't help men. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. I do help men too. Uh, I have a lot of like friends from back home and stuff like that. But at the same time, women start to lose themselves and they start feeling defeated and their self image goes down. And then maybe their husband's phrase because they're not getting the love or whatever it is, whatever the the problems are. I want to help them not get to that point. I want them to feel good about themselves, walk proud again. You know, I don't care if you're 180 pounds. I don't care if you're 110 pounds. Everybody's different. Like I want people to understand that stop trying to conform to this image that people want. It's not about that. It's about feeling fit, feeling healthy because somebody who's five foot 10, they're never going to be 110 pounds, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's so silly. It's like, you know, just be the best version of you. You can be, be authentic, love on others. And look at him. If you can see my shirt, it says, Love, love my religion. Love is my religion. Oh, love right? is my religion. I see love, it. <laughs> that's actually a Ziggy Marley song. Love is my religion. I mean, like people are like, oh, you're so religious. I'm like, I'm not religious. I'm I'm religious about taking my supplements. I'm religious about working out. I'm religious about taking care of my family. Yep. But my faith is something that's completely different. Like if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't believe in heaven. I wouldn't believe that I'm going to see Noah again. Like so, truly, like love is what we're supposed to do here. Love, serve, love, serve. I'm a servant leader. I always will be until the day I'm six feet under. You know, I'm going to tell you, I mean, you get me just pumped up, not just like you said, not just in exercise, but in life and that there always, always is light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what. But I don't want to go on that. I want to make sure that I, I want you to talk about some of the things you're doing now, which is going to be your website does kick ass, by the way. Um, so you do online fitness, you do consultations and... <laughs> I like things with the word booty in it. It always attracts my attention. You have the booty <laughs> challenge there. Um, what are you doing at your website? What do you offer your people who are going to be listening to this? I have some courses online um, that are already like kind of prepackaged that I, I did live and I recorded them so they can purchase them. And we're also going to offer the people who are listening to the podcast a free booty challenge. Um, yeah. So <laughs> have that, and that's theirs for life. But yeah, so like I said, I have courses online. Um, I do uh, one-on-one, one-hour consultations. But what I ask for people to do is before they do that, they do my goals questionnaire and they fill out a performance questionnaire as well. And it basically tells me where they've been, what they've done. So I don't have to ask all those questions when they get, I can get right into the meat of it and give them like kind of a, some vision as to what they can do and how we can transform them or whatever. Um, But yeah, so I do that. A lot of my stuff is like online. So people can just download a program if they want. You know, I am hands-on if they want me to. Some people I do um, online live Zooms, uh, one-on-one personal training. But I only take people for about eight to 10 sessions based on what they want. And the reason why I do that is because as a personal trainer, my job is to teach and coach and mentor. I'm not supposed to hold hold your hand for the rest (laughs) of your life. And um, in my early years, I did. And then I realized that if they can't go on vacation and they can't go or they can't go to a gym by themselves and know how to set their seats and, and why they're doing this exercise and what it's for, then I didn't do my job. So well, my job yeah. is always to teach yeah. them, to them and then set them on their way. And I'm kind of like a dentist. They check in with me every three to six months or whenever they want. Some, some people check in with me every four weeks. 
So it's based on what they want. But uh, yeah, and then I do live online Zooms every day right here in my <laughs> gym here. And that's awesome. That's just a fun 45 minute workout. I get a little workout and then I go to the gym afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. I love doing it. And my website is always being updated. So I have an amazing uh, virtual assistant, uh, Delena, who's just, she's remarkable. She just has such beautiful vision and artistic sense like that, that I don't have that side. How do they find you? Just spell, All this will be in my show notes, but can you spell it out how they find you on social media and your website? Yes, absolutely. So Instagram is where I'm the most present on and that's at Mia underscore Finnegan and it's M-I-A-F-I-N-N-E-G-A-N. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but you really what goes from Instagram goes to Facebook. Uh, and then my website is MiaFinnegan.com. And like I said, they can go on there. They can also download right on my website. You can do- download right at the top of a free uh, nutrition plan and um, and a little workout. It's kind of just a body part workout. Just kind of get a taste of kind of what I do with people because teaching and coaching and mentoring them, you know, doing their accountability. I do accountability uh, basically to help people within nutrition. I look at their nutrition. I'm like, oh, okay, those person sizes are too big. They send me pictures all day long. I mean, there's so many different aspects, you know, nutrition working out, mental wellness, spirituality, sleep, stress management. Like, you know, I, I don't have to tell you, <laughs> you get it. But a lot of people don't. They're like, well, if I just work out five days a week, and I just, you know, add this many hours of cardio, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> how's your sleep, number one? And how's your stress management? Let me, those two right there, if those two aren't in control, nothing's changing, right? Because your cortisol nope. levels are off the charts and, I just speak reality and um, that just try, just try to keep that positive mental attitude for them too. So, you know, through my website and through what I do on social media, people can get free workouts on my social media. I do a lot of different things like that as well. So love to help anybody who sees maybe a fit. Well, with that being said, Mia, thank you so very much for being here. You are a beacon of goodness and happiness. I love your stories. I even love the stories that made me tear up because I hope that, It made my listeners better people today. And that's what the Dr. Raj podcast is all about. So thanks again, Mia. Thank you, Raj. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will see you again next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.